Welcome to the Speak In Flow podcast. Let's unleash your leadership voice. Listen in to the untold stories of high-performing leaders where they will reveal their golden takeaways to help you become fearless communicators and fast-track your career. Join us for the journey. Welcome. Today, my guest is Anastasia Durbala. She is an expert in the cybersecurity realm with decades of experience in the technology industry. I brought her on because we have a lot going on in the cybersecurity world. We have so much information coming at us. In fact, some big name hotels just got security breached. And we also um, have that risk. And so I wanted to, her to share some expertise with us. Uh, what can we do to communicate? What can we do to speak up, to do what we need to do to protect ourselves? As well as um, she's also going to share some information about how to communicate with various people. She works on large projects. She goes into organizations, does assessments, find out where the security breaches are and and offer different cybersecurity solutions. And through that whole process, um, she has to work with a lot of different counterparts, executives, as well as HR department heads, and consider how to approach them. And so she's going to share with us some skills and some experiences with us because a lot of you are doing big projects. And so how do we effectively communicate with different audiences? So check the, check out this episode, listen for these tips, and hope you enjoy. Hello, Anastasia. Hi. Hello, glad you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for sharing your expertise on the cyber realm with us. I'm excited to hear from your perspective, you've been in the industry of many, many years. And so what is exciting and new in the cybersecurity world that you want the audience to hear? Well, one reminder that I want people to know is it's been around, but it, there's been kind of an uptick in a specific area. We always hear a lot about uh, phishing and getting emails from bad actors or villains as far as trying to get us to click on a link for something bad. Uh, a big element is they're trying to get you to click on a link that looks like a legitimate website and get your credentials. And if you don't have a secure password, including two-factor authentication, suddenly they have access to your um, potential account. Now, the what's taken an uptick recently is text messaging this way uh, this is called smishing and you may have noticed you receive a lot of those now some of them are similar with the link that they want you to click on hopefully they're going to capture your credentials or again maybe they want you to click on a link and download malware onto your phone my biggest thing is i would just say you know, take a moment and be mindful. These are annoying messages and they bother all of us. But if you're concerned about the topics or the subject of any of them, and it looks or appears to be from a legitimate vendor or one of your clients, rather than responding to that message, reach out directly to that vendor or that banking institution or that individual client and talk to them. Um, you know, sometimes we forget about just engaging on a regular um, 
you know, how are you doing talking one-to-one? And so that's really important. And then now you're in control because you know that a phone number that you called is legitimate and then you can get to the bottom of it. Um, Otherwise, if someone's really trying to reach you and they keep emailing you, and even though it may have seemed rushed or not quite their normal style, they'll eventually pick up the phone and call you if it becomes urgent enough. So that's just kind of one area that I'd like everyone to continue to remain vigilant and, um, you know, open and mindful about. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. We're bombarded with so much information, so many texts, so many emails. And then for me, I would, I tend to start to avoid it. I avoid it all. I avoid it all. And I don't think that that's like what you're saying is the best solution. Cause what, what actually ended up happening to me one time is my power did get shut off because it was actually PG and E trying to email me. And I, I just ended up avoiding it all. And that's not the solution. That's not the way to interact. I think with all of these this information that's coming at us. And so what you're saying is, hey, be mindful. Let's take a step, take a, take a break, be mindful of what's happening. You can take a look at the message. And then if it, it does seem legitimate and you're still not sure, then you're saying to go, go on the um, website, go on their actual website, get the actual phone number versus whatever number that they're giving you. Because sometimes we'll call that number to find out if they're correct or not. And that's don't do that. So take a moment to go on their website, look for the actual number or go onto the website and log into your account to see if your, 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 your statement or your bills are paid and, and then make a phone call to verify. Yeah. And a lot of different accounts that you have, if it's a personal account, you can look on and see what the login history is. If it's a business account, certainly you can reach out to your IT department and they can determine um, different logins and, and determine if something is awry with one of your accounts. Mm-hmm. And so you do this, you offer cybersecurity um, solutions to organizations, large organizations, and you supported them and helped them to find out where the gaps in some of their cybersecurity protocols. And so you work yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I work. Um, I've worked a lot with the um, financial uh, industry that's uh, reportable to the SEC. But mm-hmm. uh, basically, why I go in and I assess and see where are the holes or the gaps in security in an organization, and there would as it has to do with information security, um, and then. You know, and that involves working with a bunch of different departments, interviewing different departments, getting a sense of, does everyone know where their data is? How are they protecting it? And who has access to it? And then are the different departments communicating together so that they all stay informed? And as a whole, the organization really has a solid handle on um, what's going on with their with their data. And are you finding that organizations are good at communicating as a whole? Uh, I would say they try very hard. And um, yeah, as a whole, I think they do pretty good. I think the fact that they reach out to request assessments speaks a lot to that they understand the gravity of understanding where different holes are. Sometimes where communication might be a little tricky from my point of view is uh, you know, maybe a particular department is a little nervous because now someone's coming in or a team of folks are coming in and 
interviewing them, asking a lot of questions. And so I really like to reassure folks that um, a job isn't to assess them or, um, you know, break down. We're not trying to find holes with that. We're basically trying to get gather all the information so that it's clear if for your department, do you have a sense of where the data is? And then, you know, how are you communicating with the other teams? And so, you know, as we work through that process, it gets easier as we go along. And, um, and that, that really helps is just keeping the communication and talking through the process with folks um, and engaging them. Because sometimes while I'm assessing and finding gaps, certain departments, they may, you know, have an idea of what a solution might be. And so I think that that's even better because then they're more likely to um, adapt if I, you know, agree or or have some input on on different options for whatever solution we're discussing. Mm-hmm. So you go into the department and you you probably have some ideas and some solutions um, to offer. At the same time, you also want to uh, collaborate with your client, the person that's there. And and so just like some of the managers in the audience, um, they're they just like you have you're the consultant, you you're the you know the solution. And so when you go in to talk to the client, how do you know like what what nonverbal verbal behaviors can you recall that they do when you sense that hey. I don't trust this person. I don't know what she's doing here. What 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 do you notice? Uh, a lot of times if someone is resistant or isn't sure of the situation, perhaps you get a lot of yes, no, not uh, elaboration on, uh, not elaborating on answers. And so I really want to encourage folks to talk, to sort of tell me, uh, walk me through their process, walk me through what they do. Um, just however I can try to help them feel more at ease. Mm-hmm. And what if they just show you a little bit and they don't show you more? Uh, it depends on what the area is, but a lot of times uh, it may be, I might press a little bit to say, okay, th- that's great. Can we click on that? If we're you know doing an over the shoulder, looking at a system together or, um, it may be a request to ask for a report. But I would say overall, even if there's some resistance at the beginning, for the most part, people turn around when they realize, you know, I'm not from an agency. I'm not from uh, an organization that uh, is a is a true threat. I'm really just trying to help the organization uh, up their uh, security posture. Mm-hmm. Do you, and then so by you reminding them, do you in, remind them somehow that? Yeah, I just remind them that we need, that, you know, their organization needs to work together as a team and everyone plays a key role. Um, and how are ways that we can help? Um, say, if they're from the IT department, what are ways in which we can help encourage the end users to say, use best password practices are there security measures we can put in place for that um, to try to help them strengthen their position mm-hmm, mm-hmm. awesome and then and then they'll eventually start to open up and get more comfortable yeah 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 do you think and just some- le- le- letting them have an opportunity to speak openly and freely 
Right, right. So allowing them to yeah, say what is their concern open and freely and that you're not going to do anything to yeah, to jeopardize what they're doing. They probably can feel sometimes, oh, maybe that she's taking my job. <laughs> right. Or or is it what's the end goal? Is it to replace folks or yeah. restructure and right. and for my that's not what my consultant role is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how do you build that? How do you incorporate pieces like that? So to reassure them, how do you do that? Uh, you just, you know, state plainly why, why I'm here. I'm just trying to get a sense of my focus is on the data and where is, do you know where it is? Um, you would have to report to an agency or, you know, investors if, if that's how you're set up. Um, mm -hmm where your data is and then how are you protecting it and who has access to it? Mm -hmm. You know, a, a lot of the word uh, breach scares people and you hear a, a lot of those regularly in the news of data being stolen and then uh, folks need needing to be notified about that. Well, no one wants to be uh, on the, you know, the, the company that got breached. Correct. And so, uh, you know, that is really key is really having a handle on your data. And if you have a lot of different systems, either in a bunch of different cloud systems, how much control do you have over securing that? And do you have a sense of where all the data is so that if there is an incident, can you quickly identify? Mm -hmm. And so just kind of talking them through that and, mm -hmm. and why it's important to know that because in the long run, it just, it just helps them uh, mm -hmm. address issues quickly. Right. Reminding they could actually, they could take your data or the company's data and then the downtime for that or stress around that or loss of money around that can be enough to be like, okay, Anastasia, what can you do to help me? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. So just understanding the, the big picture. Yeah. 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 Talking to them about the big picture, shared vision of what the, the company wants. And is there... Has there been a time where uh, there are people in the executive level that do not agree on the way to go about this or if it's not enough time? Uh, sometimes they haven't uh, prior to the full assessment. Uh, they've heard, you know, whispers or discussion of things in the past from, say, IT of areas that they need to work on. Uh, but what I, what my team likes to do is is come in and try to help the executive level if they weren't understanding that before. What does it mean for them bottom line? Because there's only so much money the company has, and so they do have to allocate budgets. And so, you know, one of the things is can the report we provide help them with their budgeting process? You know, kind of prioritize are these things we need to fix this quarter? Are these things we need to fix in this year? Is this sort of a three to five year project? Um, and what is, what is the risk factor along the way? Um, you know, cause, because sometimes a cyber incident has more than just, Oh, you can't access the data. I mean, does it mean your whole company's down for a day? What does that mean? Bottom line um, mm -hmm. for your production? Are you, are you a company that produces a product and you're, 
your product that you produce is the key element to another industry. And if you're down for a day or two, does that actually affect a completely different industry because they can't get the supply uh, issue? You know, that now they suddenly have a supply chain issue because you're not able to produce the product that they need. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's bigger than just us and and our company. Um, You know, what what does downtime with us mean in our business and also in relation to either our customers or associates, that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. So they've got to think bigger, too, in terms of. Yeah, yeah. You're pitching to them, hey, this is going to affect your bottom line. So you're speaking their language um, in terms of bottom line, but then you're also expanding their perspective. It's not just about you, but it's also your potential partners and potential affiliates and all those other people that are also going to be affected by and uh, to their bottom line. When Correct. Yeah. You're kind of your business continuity. It plays into that. Right, right, right. And do you think that uh, have you found that the bottom line and is that the only thing that they that resonates with them? Like you said, but it's also the continuity. How, what else have you found that also resonates with these execs and what communication? Well, to- their uh, responsibility to their clients, their investors, the you know, they also have proprietary data that they want to protect, what makes them unique from competitors. Uh, they need to be concerned about protecting that. So there's a lot of factors that are important. I would say it's not just one element. And, you know, it's even their employees, uh, you know, some, some for especially smaller firms, they're very engaged with all their employees and know all of them on a personal basis. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's just different priorities for, for businesses. They have a variety of, of priorities that all need to be addressed. And so how do they balance that? Mm-hmm. Awesome. So you, it sounds like you, so you work with both the, the, the departments, the individuals in the departments, and also the executives who have brought you in. Yeah, you're correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of times it just starts with if I'm doing an assessment, setting up an interview schedule where I'll interview folks from all different levels of the company and different departments. You know, there's varieties of data that are important in a company. Certainly the client data or product data, depending on the business model, is very important. But also in the accounting department, the financial information is super important. That's also a very key area where folks right. are trying to always attack is oh. they want to know who the CFO is or the bookkeeper. Oh. And then oh. HR is very important too. That's that's a lot of secure, personally identifying information associated with uh, the employees. And so that's, that's important to protect that as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. And have, have you noticed that you needed to adapt to these, the different personalities or departments, your communication style? Yeah, it just depends on more. I wouldn't say there was uh, particular departments have particular personalities. I think it's a individual basis. And so, you know, after a while, you just kind of get 
used to, you can tell if someone feels more open or if they are hesitant, maybe they're not giving you full open answers. And so you just try to help encourage them to talk so that you can really get an idea of the, of the picture of the, of the department and learn more about where the, the data is and how they're, how they're protecting it. And, and so earlier we talked about when you notice someone is not open, they're, they're short answers, or they might just show you a little bit here and there. And then, and you have to take a little bit more time to ask them questions to reassure them that you're not a threat. How can you tell if someone is open? They're very forthcoming with the information. Uh, you don't really have additional questions. It's very clear uh, what they're presenting. And, uh, you know, it's pretty, it's straightforward in the sense of you're getting a clear picture from them, uh, what, where the data is and, and what is going on with their role and everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What about any body language? Do you notice the difference? Well, I think there's, there's standard uh, if, I mean, it's, it's a little harder on, you know, we've all had to pivot to zoom. So yeah. sometimes people aren't on camera. That's a little trickier. If they are on camera, are they constantly distracted? Um, it, you know, sometimes an interview might be extended. Whereas if we could just focus for, you know, five, 10 minutes, we could get this through this faster and you can move on to your next meeting. I understand folks are busy on different levels. And so you really don't want to waste their time. Uh, but it's, it, that would be, you know, sometimes body language, somebody might seem a little distracted, but I would say that's pretty rare for the most part. When we come in, people have been briefed a little bit. I just remind them why I'm there. And, um, you know, we just kind of try to get to the to the meat of it. And so it's really just having them tell me a little bit about their background and they kind of dive into what they do on a daily basis and then follow up with some specific questions. I think that style tends to put people a little more at ease than where is this? What is this? Who, yeah. who is it? That whole yeah. thing. Uh Whereas if they're driving it a little, the conversation a little bit more, it, I think it helps put folks at ease. Right. And also right. then if I, if I can, then that way, if I'm listening to that, I can also pick up on, you know, where do I need follow up? Yeah. Cause we can easily, if we want the information. I mean, we just want it now. We're like, where's this? Can we get, you know, give me this. <laughs> and then suddenly people feel a little bit, um, yeah, micromanaged or overshadowed. Or you're looking over my shoulder. Yeah, or bombarded. It's just, bombarded. it's a little too intense. Yeah. yeah. And then, and but for um for us, if we need to get things done, then that's just a direct way of getting the information. But then sometimes we need to take a break or take a step back and think about the other person, especially if um, they're not accustomed to someone coming in and asking for information. And then so you want to be sensitive and look at it from there and then give them more of the, even though it's going to take you or us some time as a consultant, um, you want to be wary about where they're at and give them the power to, to give you the information or take the time and ask them the questions versus tell them uh, asking questions about what this could mean or what is what is this doing or what is you know how is this impacting you type of thing 
questions like that. And then so yeah, how- and uh, and also asking questions like, what keeps you awake at night? Yeah, you know, because sometimes that's a really that's very insightful. Uh, you know, then we can talk about that. Yeah. You know, why 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 do you suppose that is? Or it also reinforces you know, a note that I took earlier, it's like, oh, okay, I see why they have that as something that concerns them. Um, so I think that that's good too. And so, yeah, like asking them what keeps you up at night? That's like, everybody's just going to go on and yeah. on. And we all have, we all have something. So I do have to say right, in the right. realm of uh, information security, but. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. I love your your insight and expertise on how to communicate as a consultant with solutions. But how do you, um, even with, as a consultant with solutions, how do you guide people, uh, uh, guide people along the path to one path, like the, the people that are in the departments, even up to all the executive levels, and you're using different approaches and different um, communication yeah, I mean, t- typically, I like to have, um, you know, once we've finished an assessment, we have a report with findings. It's important to review those findings with the client, clarify, you know, before we finalize a report, we want to make sure, did we mishear something, perhaps something that we identified as an issue really isn't an issue, or it's been addressed since we spoke to the to the that department or the couple of different people that the issue came up. Uh, and so that's important. It gives them an opportunity to kind of give some feedback on that. And then also just answer questions along the way. And if there is, and, and help them prioritize, like, what does it mean if there's a finding in this area? What does that mean of the big picture of the company or of the potential risk or threat to you? Um, What does it mean if you, you know, take a particular action? Does it address two of these risks listed or does it identify one? And then, you know, you can figure out uh, the client, the managers can figure out from their standpoint you know, what can they afford? Do they do they need to plan it again, more of a strategic budgeting approach? Or is there certain elements they can take care of in the shorter term? And some things may be important enough that they should be addressed on the shorter term, but maybe they just, it's just not a choice they can make at the moment. So they also have an option to have assumed risks. Mm-hmm. And every business has elements of assumed risk. And so that's that's always an option as, as well. But right. just trying to really help the client understand what what different choices could mean. Right. And right. and then they're very comfortable with, you know, the their decisions that they make. Right, right. Yeah, being mindful. So you're helping these uh, organizational leaders just say, this is what's here. This is the assessment that we, and even with assessment, you got all the data from the assessment. Even with that, you want to clarify with them, is this correct? Is this still valid? Um, Did we get this correctly? So um, ensuring that the data that you got is still valid, still correct. Do they agree? Do they disagree? Are there things that we need to change? And then even after that, then there's more questions about once they get this data, what do we want to do with this 
risk data and asking all the right questions about potential risk. And I love how you said potential risk A, potential risk B, and then there may be even a C. And then even if um, there might be something that they need to do now, but at least you help them to you ask all the right questions to help them to be clear about the risk and the assumed risk. And at least they're clear about it versus that's what you do. I mean, that versus not even know anything, right? Like for me, I avoided right. all this, the, the, the potential risk. And then therefore what happens, right? Someone needed to come into my world and say, Hey, there's some risk here. And then if you don't, address, if you don't address it, this is what's going to happen. And so this is what you do for organizations. Um, right. you know, better to take a look at it, even if it's uncomfortable, um, to take a look at it and not avoid it. In, in the net. Yeah, I mean, better to understand or be open to you only know what you know. Yeah. You're only as good as the information you receive. Yeah, right, 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 right. And not avoid it and talk to someone like you to, to take a look at what is really here, the reality of it all. And then what can we do about it? And how much is yes. going to cost? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is so valuable and informative. I think for all project managers who, even if it's not cybersecurity, but I think that the, the key takeaway with just uh, managing different people and communicating with different people, being more of a question, curiosity, asking questions versus just tell people what to do. Um, I think in, in all projects, I think those are some key things that people can take away. And so- Great. Yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to leave the audience? One thing? I don't think so. Well, going back to your mindfulness comment, just every, we're always bombarded with so many different things during the day. Uh, you know, there's social media, there's TV, there's news. And um, just take a break, take a breather, you know, get up, take a walk. Get away from your computer for a moment. Come back. Take a deep breath before you dive in uh, and address your emails. And, and sometimes that just helps you not be sucked into, say, a potential phishing uh, mm -hmm. or email scam, that kind of thing. Mm. So by taking a break, you, you believe that it could give us more clarity and not get sucked into some of the it could be just a physical emotional response because we're tired right or we haven't had our morning coffee yeah. yet and it's like <laughs> exactly. oh no there's a cri there's a crisis in the <laughs> account and an accounting department uh and so you know maybe if we just take a deep breath and all right we're ready to address the issue then we remember okay i don't have to respond immediately to this email i can instead reach out in a different way just to confirm that the issue is really real it's happened it is real when people and employees get these emails for the or for the organization or they're asking money from the organ you know you if you especially you're in finance you can direct or accounting you can direct wire transfer it's and then the money's gone yeah, everything is, the, the stakes are always high, and when the incidents happen, they've tried to raise the stakes even higher, and so uh, that that's yeah. why it's important for us to remember to just take a pause. Yeah, I agree, because we're over, everyone's tired. We're tired. And yeah, so oh yeah. Yeah, because we're overworked, and so taking the pause and then resetting 
and and then looking at it with fresh eyes and then communicating uh, what you need with the people, the right exactly. people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Anastasia. It was a pleasure. You're welcome. Really yeah, fun. it was a pleasure speaking with you, Melinda. I love being in the cyber world. It's so fascinating, especially with all that's happening and there's constant change. So it's great to get all the latest information from you and what we could do about it. Great. Excellent. Thanks Thank so, so much. much. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining the conversation today. Are you curious on how you measure up with your ability to speak and flow? Come grab my free self-assessment at speakinflow.com forward slash assessment. This assessment only takes a couple minutes to fill out. You will get your results within five minutes. See how you measure up with your ability to speak in flow and an unshakable confidence. Take the assessment, click on the link in the comments, and I'll see you on the other side.